Welcome to the House Club Live podcast, featuring the full artist interviews from our video broadcast on YouTube. My name is Warner Case, and I host the show alongside Vin D'Amato and Nick Timko. Join us during the broadcast every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern at youtube.com slash warnercase. In chat, you can ask questions to us and our guests, talk with other house music fans, or just hang out. Until next Sunday, enjoy this interview and feel free to share it with friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, also soon enough, we'll have to get our next guest uh, to join us, who's currently in Massachusetts. He's an Icon Collective alumnus. He's got a bunch of songs that were just released, and he's got more in the bag, and we're very excited to, uh, to have him. Please welcome to the show, Just Because, Woo! a.k.a. Cam. Woo-woo, welcome to the show, Cam. Just, Yeah, he's good. All right, we're good, we're good, we're good. Oh, he's on. We're good, wait, we're good, we're wait. good. Are we on we're mute good, yet? We're good. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah, oh, we're good. Yes, we did it. Every time we do this, we're like, are we competent? And generally not, but welcome. <laughs> you, so uh-huh. you're in Massachusetts, and and uh, what? I know you were in LA for a while. You were at Icon Collective. What brought you from LA back to Massachusetts? Uh, it, was, it was a tough call at the time. I definitely want to stay out in LA, but uh, as we all know, LA is quite the expensive place, and uh, going back to school kind of drained your bank account for a little bit. So uh, I moved back home right after that, but it's definitely on my radar to get back out there. I know Vin is always uh, is always pulling for it, and uh, I know he needs it too. He needs me not as a music producer friend, but also as a uh, personal <laughs> trainer as well. <laughs> I know that's why he really wants me out there. Yeah, we we met originally actually through Vin when you guys were both at Icon. Um, what what was it like being there and 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 being around you know a bunch of people all doing a very specifically similar thing? Because it wasn't like you're in just you know college where everybody has a different major and this and that, but everybody was trying to be a producer effectively. What was that like? Oh, it was amazing. I mean, growing up in Mass, like there's not many people who are doing music production, and it was kind of weird at the time when I first started. No one really knew what I was trying to do. So being able to actually go out there and be surrounded by all these people who were kind of the same goal and focus was just helped me to excel a lot. You know, you meet great people, you learn a lot. I probably learned more from Vin than I learned from the school, but <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> that's it. That's yeah, a whole Frank, other discussion. Frank, not not to, no 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 not, not, to... no not an icon because I learned a lot, <laughs> but you just learn those like you know little tips and tricks and uh, from the friends you meet out there and definitely a great experience for sure. Yeah, I mean, I I I, I get that too because you know. I think uh, most of what I got from college was actually from being around different people oh, yeah. and learning from them. Cause yeah, the courses I learned a lot of like, you know, facts basically, but then, you know, life skills and different type of networking opportunities were all through the people themselves. And I think that's where a lot of the value comes from. So look, Icon could make you the best producer in the world, but if you still don't know how to, if you still don't know anybody and you can't put a show together, you can't network to get your song out there, then you know, then who really cares? Uh, how how do you think, how has you, have you stayed in touch with a lot of your Icon Collective uh, friends? I'd say there's probably a group of about four or five people I, you know, talk to religiously. Every producer has that friend that they, you know, they'll always send their demos and get that rough feedback from, uh, whether it's <laughs> good or bad. And, uh, you know, you need those people, especially like Vin's probably one of those guys for me, uh, my buddy Alec, buddy Connor, you send them the songs and they're going to give you the honest truth. And I think that's the most important thing as a producer friend who's also, you know, your real friend is they, they're going to give it to you, honestly. You, know, you can send it to one of your hometown friends and they're going to be like, oh, this is cool. Or, you know, I'm not really feeling it, but you're not going to get like <laughs> the in-depth maybe feedback that you might actually want from them. So it's, it's nice to have those connections and to definitely stay in touch with those people. And uh, yeah, it's important. Yeah, Vin's, Vin's, a, Vin's a good guy for that for me as well. So it looks like we both bounce our music off of him, whether or not he likes it. Well, you also know if you send Vin a song and he likes it, it might actually be good because Vin doesn't like it. <laughs> Vin doesn't like a lot of things. 
So when I send him something and he likes it, it's a, it means a lot. I'm, I'm, pick, I'm surprisingly I'm quiet. Picky, I'm picky. Except I'm picky. except lattes on Sunday. He likes lattes, lattes on, on the Sunday. weekends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, listen, 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 listen look, uh, you guys, you, you guys are, are both very talented and I appreciate that I am a part of the sounding board. And I think that I'd be doing both of you a disservice as I would be doing anybody else who sends me something. If I was just like, every time you send me, I'm like, yeah, this is sick, dude. Like, like, you know, I, ha I you know, if I did that, it wouldn't really benefit you guys at all. And I, and I try to maintain that threshold and the standard so that when something does come along, that's really good. Like, you know, you guys know, and, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, listen, I, not most of the stuff I do is not good. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, I, I just look at it that way. It's like, <laughs> all of right, us. exactly. So I think it's important. And like, like Cam said before, like having that kind of, uh, like smaller group, uh, of, of people that you trust to give you valuable, uh, feedback, um, that you can take and apply it to make the music better is really invaluable. And I, and it's something that I recommend um, to everybody out there who's who's making music or in any other creative field because it's really, really important. I agree, I agree. And by the way, I wanna shout out to uh, Inspired underscore BYR in, in Rhode Island. We've got another Rhode Island, uh, Malachi. We got, we got G, the Northeast G band showed up. Burlington, Vermont. The boys are in, are in the chat. And, oh, yeah. and Medeiros in the New Bedford, Mass. Man, look at that. We got a lot of, a lot of East Coast out there. Well, thank you guys for joining, and I hope you guys stick around for all the, the fun, fun, fun. But Van, I, I totally agree. And and Cam, what do you think? What do you think is, uh, as a you know, we're we're all obviously producers here. What do you think is the most helpful feedback someone can give? Oh, that's you? a good question. Is it one particular thing, or is it anything in, in general? Uh, in terms of a song, like what, and like the writing process, or. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess more generally, if you send someone a song and hey, say, "Hey, you know, I'm really curious what you think about this," is there something that that the most you important. find? Yeah, yeah, that you find really like you think, "Oh, wow, that's actually a really great point." I somehow I always forget about that. I think the biggest thing to get feedback wise is like, obviously, as like producers and artists, we're never going to get to listen to our songs for the first time, and we're not going to get that initial like feeling. When you get to send somebody, you know, either a rough draft or close to a final product, they're going to give you their initial thought and like how it hits them. And as artists and producers, that's what it's all about is the feeling that we're going to give people and how to inspire them and what it makes them feel. So getting that feel like, oh, like, you know, this is what makes me like super happy or this one hits me like really nostalgic. I really like what you did with this and it, it brings me to this element or takes me back to this part of my life and trying to find ways to, you know, get that feedback to then, you know, take that to the next level. Like, oh, this this song is really making me, you know, want to dance around. This song is really making me like reflect back on my life. How now, how can I take that, that, that feedback that he's given me and then kind of like dig deeper into that aspect of the song to make it even more. Allows you to, allows you to hear it fresh, which is, yeah, I, I know how that feels. A lot of times it's, it's, you know, once you've listened to a song, however yeah. many times and however many little snippets of it while you're working on it, you have no idea what it sounds like anymore. Oh, it's, 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 it gets so worn out sometimes. Your ears are just like, oh, is this good? Is this bad? I don't know what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> Dude, yeah. By the time I release a song, I hate the song. Well, I go with every time. all the time. Where I'm like, all right, I put the song out. I'm with some of my friends. They put it on. I'm like, just can you just turn this off? I've heard this a thousand times in the last two weeks. I need at least like a three to four month period so I can actually like, appreciate this. It, it is. Yeah. A, it's oh, a curse. I, it's yeah, a gift. Yeah. For curse. anybody out there who who if they if they've experienced that and they think they're alone, oh, you are not. It's oh. that's kind of the hard part. Is like it's also one of those things where like if a song of yours becomes more popular than others like f first of all it's a great thing and you know you're, you're happy about that but when you hear about it all the time you're like you know what i'm really tired of hearing about that song 
<laughs> it happens. One hundred percent. So, it, but you know, whatever. So you released a whole bunch of stuff, and you've got more coming out. What was the uh, what was the mindset behind the release structure that you've got? Was it kind of just to get everything out there? Was it so, to make up for? So since I put my EP out in 2019, it's mostly been like single focused. Um, been trying to do a lot more, you know, house music um, in this direction. And I think the next step now, now that I've kind of put out, you know, four or five singles recently, uh, the next step would be to put together a full length project. I've never actually been able to do that, but it's always been something I've wanted to do as an artist. Um, I think now having like a more of a up-tempo house focus um, project, I think I'd like to kind of be able to finally have you know, something with a full body of work, whether it's like a concept album. Um, like I know when we were back in, in LA and in Nikon, we had to do like a concept focused, uh, EP and actually me and Ben were partners on that. So I think I learned a lot from that experience and now moving forward, it'd be really cool to kind of put together a full length projects, like in that, in that aspect of, you know, whether it's, um, you know, with a specific focus on, uh, whatever, whatever it may be. Cam, what was your what was your concept focus EP? Like was it based did that have to be based around visuals or like what what did that look like? Then can you relate to this a little bit? I'm trying to think Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I can get into it. Um so it's, so wow. we we were hope I was hoping that first of all we got lucky that we got matched up, but um we hmm. we we were thinking of doing um I think we were flirting around with some some like work in progresses earlier that year together regardless and and some of the things that we were bouncing around was kind of um like synth wavy um and it turned out to be a little pop slash synth wavy um and we got uh this girl I think it was at the time one of our friends' girlfriends um to kind of sing on two of the tracks and then we did one instrumental but it was all kind of like palette the palette was predetermined like we kind of knew that if we wanted a synth sound, we were going to grab it from this particular synth. And if we wanted a drum sound, we were going to grab it from this particular drum machine. And what that kind of did, and that, that helped us, um, it, it took a lot of the, you know, when you're left with smaller pools of tool, like the tools and, and what's available to you, you're, you're basically um, forced to be, to be creative and to think some, somewhat like oxymoronic, but like inside that box, you have to think outside of it, like right. You have to like, okay, these are all the tools I have, but what what's the best you know possible way we can use them? And that's kind of what that was our approach. We did like a lot of Lindrum stuff. We did a lot of like older sounding, um, kind of like '80s synth sounds. Um, and uh, the vibe was the, the the visuals were very like '80s, '90s, early kind of synth wave, neon kind of vibe. Um, I still feel like we got snubbed on that. I think we should have won, but I mean, <laughs> oh, you didn't win. No, we, we, we our, bu our, our buddy won. Our buddy won, and it was. It, listen, it was really good. I thought the music. I thought the music was was probably not as like the musicianship was was higher in in what won. But I thought, as far as like a concise project, I thought our message and mm -hmm. and kind of what we were just talking about the branding. I thought everybody. I thought all of that was like very on point, and and we really executed the task. Um, really well, Nick. I'm I'm curious cool. as a as a non-producer, how do you perceive it when artists release EPs versus singles versus albums? Do you think about it, or is it just kind of like, oh, here's a thing? Is there something that you expect? Um, I think I think obviously, of, of course, like EPs are becoming more common these days. But um, there was honestly a time as a as a music fan. Where like, you know, I used to listen to like classic rock and rap music and stuff like that. So it's kind of like all across the spectrum. And then I then I gravitated towards house music. 
obviously as you got into more towards house music stuff not everybody was releasing albums right so it was all singles or it was all kind of like ep based right and so i think coming from that side of things i expected albums right and i'm just like why aren't they making albums you know why are there so many singles that come out but i feel like today with music being so readily available at, at at your fingertips you know you just kind of expect the singles to come out these days yeah yeah, and I'm curious I, what everybody I, I did, did in that, chat thinks that, about that. Does that answer too. your question? Yeah. No, it totally does, and that's why I was going to prompt chat to say to to say what you what what everybody in chat thinks because we as the producers, I think we have such a distinctly different viewpoint as to what should get released uh, and what shouldn't, and 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 it's often difficult, I think, to think from the listener's standpoint because I think a lot of times we go like, oh, well, I really want to release this, I really want to release this, I want to do that. Yeah. But then again, the audience is sometimes like, they don't care. That's not what they're interested in. And, and that well, kind think, of disconnect is something that I think about a lot. I think what's cool is that, though, you've seen, especially some dance music artists, like I remember like there was a point when Martin Solvig was doing this, like he was releasing a bunch of singles, but he said like, hey, these all, tell, these all tie into a story, right? It's mm-hmm. not necessarily an album, but I'm putting out a bunch of singles. So I think that's, right. I think that's a pretty unique way to approach it. From a listener's perspective, I've noticed, like me personally, I've been gravitating to more albums recently. Like, I've been craving, like if I'm listening to somebody and it's just one song, I'm like, damn, I really wish I had like, you know, another 10 to listen to right now. Like this, for example, this guy, uh, Fred, again, I don't know if you guys have heard of him. He's yeah. super talented. Just put an album out. We're going to listen to him today. This week, and it's it's so good. Like, I'm just like, oh, I just want to put that on repeat. Yeah, right he's now. really good. Yeah. From the listener's perspective, yeah. I just really want to start getting back into listening to more albums. Yeah, I think, uh, Cam, what do you think about the, the the album concept from a dance perspective though because i personally has, have always thought that the album is a bit more difficult as a dance artist because you know i think there's a certain a lot a certain a bit a certain amount of utility that it's is expected out of the music release meaning um if you put a song out it should be quote unquote you know djable that's what a lot of people expect so if you're going to do 12 you know 15 tracks in a row of just like straight up house music do you think that's even feasible? So, so what do you think about albums as a dance producer? I think in that aspect, as like a dance producer, you'd kind of have to switch up the album. Like, obviously, you'd have all your club edits and, and whatnot. But if you're going to write like a full length album, if you're going to have to break it up, whether, you know, you have some kind of different style tracks mixed in there. Um, like Nick was saying, like, where you're kind of like telling a story throughout the, you know, the album, you're going to have to kind of switch it up. Because like you said, you're, you're not just going to have, you know, <laughs> these club edits at one after another, after another, after another. <laughs> It would get a little bit repetitive. So I guess in that aspect, you kind of have to dig a little bit deeper and kind of make it more of like a specific, you know, uh, project with, you know, some varied sounds. Maybe you switch it up a little bit and, you know, have like a breakbeat song here or like an interlude in between or, you know, just maybe think outside the box and try to really switch it up in that aspect to kind of make that whole project actually work. I think a good example think, of that is is like Boston hmm. Bond just this past Friday, right? He released that nightclub inside my head album. And there's yeah. a, there's there's a lot of differentiation there, yeah, very unique differentiation. So yeah, no, I think you're right. And I and, and so Jihad in, in chat says I think it's shifted without uh, live music. I want to hear more albums, singles, and bangers tend to get lost in the shuffle for me with how much music is coming out. I agree, and that's and it's funny because that's, that's something that I, as a producer releasing music, I struggle with because there's a lot of I think there's a lot of inter, in, industry pressure to you know like always be releasing shit. And part of it is because, you know, you don't want to like become irrelevant, so to speak, because there's so much music always coming out, you'll get buried. And also part of it is that it seems that the DSPs, meaning digital service providers like Spotify, Apple Music, all that, 
they seem to really like when you release stuff consistently. Yeah. If you disappear for a while, it's like they forgot about you. And so maybe they won't put you in the main playlist on Friday right when your song comes out. Maybe they won't support it as much if they, you know, found a new shiny thing to look at. So yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting debate. And so now Cam, you've got you, you want to do an album. Is it something that where did that really come from? The idea to do it? Is it is it like a frustration with singles thing or is it you've got a whole mass of music and you just want to go it just kind of came to me recently like i haven't been in the last like month i haven't really been writing that much and i kind of just been like listening and taking in a lot and like i was saying as the listener i'm like i really really just been gravitating to these albums i'm like all right well if i'm gravitating to these albums maybe i should put together a full-length album so i'm like all right well that's something that's always on my checklist i've never done it before all right now how as an artist do i get to this point let's put this all together and actually make it happen do you and think like, though that there's a there's a detriment potentially to oh, yeah. releasing a big massive work? Like you said, it's definitely there's something with like the Spotify algorithms. They like you said they gravitate towards these singles. I know like the content war is like crazy. Vin, I think you had told me last time I saw you like whatever number of Spotify songs get released every single day, and it's like something astronomical. It, like it's mind blowing. You can never will never be able to listen to all the music that comes no. out at this. Price. Well, additionally, there's a lot of people, or I don't know if they're people if, or who they are, but there's a lot of uh, entities, I suppose, that release a shit ton of just like intentionally, um, like mindless copyright free music, hoping that it'll just get put in playlist so they can have like, you know, some some passive income that they make like 10 bucks a day from. You, you start to see all those, those. if you're listening and you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, click around through some artists that you like through their fans also like and try to find the smaller artists i find it's usually in the smaller artists that this happens so like you know sub five thousand monthly listeners um you'll see you'll start to see artists in the fan also likes section a uh, fans also like section that have really bizarre names and they don't seem to make sense and you'll start to notice that like the profile pictures are identical to other ones and all of a sudden you start to see this web of like what i presume to be just like bot farm playlists. I've seen this too. It's really, it's funny you bring that up. I saw it recently. I don't even know where it was. It might've been like one of the house playlists and it was like a Drake remix and it was cool, but it was clearly just made for like playlisting and somebody, and then I saw the same kind of profile picture with like a different, same kind of branding, different name with the same kind of style. And I'm like, where's, where's this coming from? And I've, I've never <laughs> yeah. heard of these guys before anywhere else, but on Spotify. Well, one time, one time I had to, I talked with my, not my label. It's just one of the labels I work with a lot. Um, saying like, Hey, why the hell does my fans also like section have a bunch of weird artists in there? Like that looks really bad. It looks like I'm being put in these like bot heavy playlists. They said, we have no idea. We don't know where this is coming from. I actually even contacted Spotify to say like, yo, what's going on? Like, this makes me look really bad. It looks like I'm buying plays or something, which I have, you know, I, I am so vehemently against and it took a while, but Spotify fixed it. They said they found like a bunch of basically spam accounts and a bunch of, you know, fraudulent playlists and shit. And so, I mean, you know, I guess for, for anybody out there, if you notice it, I'd say probably let Spotify know. They may not be aware. And if you let them know, you're doing a good service to them, I think, because if they get the bots out, they get all the bullshit out, then yeah. that helps the, the, real, the real music that really matters that people are connecting with helps that rise to the top as opposed to stuff that's just getting uh, fucked around with. I'm, I'm looking at chat really quickly to catch up here. Jihaj says, sitting on bangers. Um, I don't know if that's directed to me, but uh, I, I hope so. Cam, are you sitting on some bangers? <laughs> we got got a few in the bag. 
have one with yeah. Ben that we we have to figure out actually. But it's kind of a pop song, which is really strange. We accidentally wrote a pop song and don't really know what to do with it. It's it's awesome. It's a great song. So I, I believe it. Trying to Look, anytime, out. anytime Vin sends something over to me, he's like, "Yo, Cam and I did this." I'm like, "All right, tight. This is gonna be good." <laughs> you guys have a good chemistry. You really do. I mean, that's well, so. I mean, that's, that that could open up a whole other Pandora's box. When you say you ask, accidentally wrote a pop song, I'm curious what that means to you. Like, do you sit down and try to write house, or do you sit down and just try to write whatever? Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of have like a direction I want to go. And then if it kind of goes another way, it goes another way. The way this song actually started was like I I had written the instrumental, gave it to this group. They sang on it, gave it back to me. Wasn't sure if I like 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 the direction it was going. So I'm like, Vin, I need a little I need a little Vin love here. Sent it to Vin and like the whole song, like, the whole song changed. The whole vibe of the song changed. And Vin played the guitar on it, kind of like beach wavy vibe. And then it just made the vocal sound poppy when before it was like more like a just because like melodic type song it was really weird how, how the instrumental just changed the entire vibe of the vocal yeah. i never yes yeah, that's, that's a fun one to do to, to flip the vocal on like a different instrumental if it's in the right key uh and by the way uh vin can you try to find that stat about how many songs get released every day on spotify jihad is curious about that and i totally agree i'd love to know uh, another question in uh in chat from rocco walker what's up rocco uh, what about the three to four song EP approach that's been happening a lot recently? Cam, what do you think about that? Because I, I definitely have some opinions. I, I think it's a good approach. Like the last EP I put out was uh, was three songs. I think it's cool when some artists actually they'll do like you know put out a few singles out, release an EP, and then when they put out the entire album, the EP will kind of be like part of that album. So you kind of get almost like the teaser through, you know, a couple singles, the EP before the entire project comes out. So I think that's kind of a good way from like a content perspective to be able to like release those songs, like you said, slowly over time so that you kind of stay relevant while also working towards like maybe that end goal. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you out there not not in the in the music industry, as far as I can understand and, far as, and as far as I've experienced it, it seems like the a pretty classic model is to release you know, a few singles, typically like the most uh, successful ones they think are the ones that are going to be the most successful. And those are like to promote an upcoming EP or to promote an upcoming album. So I think what Rocco Walker is talking about and what Cam just alluded to is it's kind of, I think a lot of people are choosing to do that same concept, but they're releasing like two tracks and then like a five track EP or something, partially because like we were saying earlier, if you release a whole album, you do run the risk of a lot of that album getting buried and not heard because you never know. And so I think a lot of people are choosing to just release one song every four to six weeks or something so that ideally they're kind of like taking their shot more often rather than here's a big album and you just hope for the best. That's not to say that one is better than the other. Uh, it's just an interesting way that the internet has changed the way we approach even the creation of music. And let's not even go into the people who like make music for TikTok because that makes me want to that makes me want to shoot myself. I, I refuse to download TikTok. I still haven't. I can't. No, do it. all right. Look, 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 look. We'll, we'll talk about this very quickly. It. I'm with I you. No, I get it. I get it. I can't. Get it. Look, I can't. It's better. It's better than it used to be. It used to be just a bunch of like teenagers uh, sexualizing themselves with stupid dances, and that was fucking weird. Luckily, though, it has expanded quite a bit. There's actually a really large community of like really interesting content creators, some really, really funny like meme creators. I really actually, I've grown to like it a lot in the past uh, bit of time. You know, just like uh, any... Maybe I'll give it a chance then. Maybe I'll give it a chance. <laughs> look, like any platform, there's a bunch of bullshit. 
Yeah. And if you avoid that, there's some pretty cool stuff on there. I recommend checking out like John Mayer, for example. He's fucking hilarious. He does a great job on TikTok. He he like approaches the the platform, I think, very creatively and comically and effectively and in my mind also uniquely. I, I will defend it now. I I used to I used to think exactly the same as you, trust me. Because that's all that came out, I thought was like yeah. dance. Vin Vin, have you posted anything yet? No. <laughs> God. Can we get a Vin dance video, please? Yeah, we, we need yeah, one of those. Yeah, yeah. Can you can you point to some words in the air? <laughs> Grab your head. No. Give me the ball, man. I don't know what I'm. I I I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what my first TikTok will be, but uh, we'll get there eventually. Dude, it's so funny. One thing. All right, here here's the last thing I'll say on it. One thing I actually think is really cool about it is that it's in it's intentionally collaborative and it's intentionally like kind of. Um, evolving so if there's like a concept you know kind of like that whole pointing at words thing it's cheesy but then some people do a really good job of making fun of that concept and then some people get really creative with using it and all of a sudden you realize that that thing which at, at first glance might seem kind of weird has its value depending on how you create what you're doing so there's i don't know it, it's cool if like you find the, the right community there's some cool stuff i kind of like the duet thing like the the yeah that's kind of cool right like if you're like putting like an instrumental out there or you have like a baseline and you're like hey someone else like jump on this i i thought that was kind of like a really great concept because there's really nothing out there at that magnitude like at that level that has that many eyeballs on on stuff like that so um I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Like John Mayer's like, you know, duet with me and he's like playing a solo and you can call and response John Mayer. Like, you know, I, I, and, and then also the, the talent finding aspect of that is also kind of crazy. Um, you know, I think for better or for worse, I was, I was, you know, I, I think a lot of my friends, including you guys know, I was against TikTok for a long time. Um, but if, if, if you make, and, and Warner, I think you, you do a great job of this. Like, you know, if you make it your own and, and you're creative in your own way, I, I think it's actually pretty great from a technology perspective yeah yeah i would say for anybody hesitant out there i get it uh but i think there's a value to it and i think you can you know if you like like vin just said honestly what you just said make it your own and there's value um but we are going to move on to the next uh segment of the show uh it's been lovely Thanks for listening to this interview from House Club Live. Join us during the live stream every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern at youtube.com slash warnercase to add your input to the conversation, ask questions to us and our guests, or just hang out. Thanks for listening, and please consider subscribing to the show or to the podcast, or both. See you next week.